Good afternoon. You are listening to SBCR and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we talk about what's in the papers and online with matters affecting County Clare. Talking about the Clare Echo and Clare Champion online with the Clare Herald as well. And uh, Jim has been uh, given uh, an evening off by his good wife who has uh, told him that he's going to Ennis to enjoy a concert. So <laughs> the rest of the, the crowd are all here. So from my left to right, we have David Fleming. David, good afternoon. Good, good evening. afternoon, Luke. Pat O'Brien, from, from the Mills, how are you Pat? And leading uh, the wisdom that we're going to listen to for the upcoming hour, we have John S. Kelly. So good afternoon to you, John. Afternoon, so, Luke. Whatever about the wisdom. Oh, well, there'll, be plenty, plenty there, there'll be plenty of it, exactly. And I'm sure we might have cold air and hot air, but we, we, we'll let that, that run out with the programme. Page one on the champion. Streets are closed, but town open for business. The main heading in the paper, Jessica Quinn has the article. Chamber calls for spirit of support present during COVID pandemic to be replicated. And uh, be before we went anywhere else, Pat O'Brien was alluding to me that there's a picture that he's not at all happy with uh, on page five. It's uh, uh, 2.2 million spent to date on NS 2040 re redevelopment. And how the, there's a picture or a, a, what, what that, that be, David? It's like a 3D picture of how the top of O'Connell Street and Ennis might look when redevelopment works are completed. So I'm going to let Pat and yourself have a row about that in a minute. But John, the voice of reason will start with you. Where would you like to go? Well, we'd say the Chamber is calling for support, um, but they're, they're, you know, they're saying that Ennis is open for business. The strong message this week, uh, Jessica Quinn writes, as months-long closures of three Ennis streets to facilitate the Ennis Public Realm Regeneration Project started on Monday. So I don't know if any of you have been into town since Monday. I haven't myself, but uh, uh, it appears as if the whole place is going to be dug up for a period of time. Pat? Yeah. Well, it appears all, yeah, all kind of street and all around over to, be, to Berwick Square and over around there and High Street and around the kind of monument is going to be all uh, re redone and um, there's a lot of uh, road closures around the town. Now, it's not, I think we discussed it a good few times before, it isn't too long ago since Innes was all done before with paving and there's, there's fine pave, paved footpaths down on both sides of that. that yeah, main, and it's not unusual, Pat, though. And around the, and around the, uh, the O'Connell Monument is uh, paved and, and, and flagged. Yeah. And it's not too long ago since it's done, so no, no, they're going to, they're going to rip it up all up again. And, and they'll be doing the same in Scarif. Well, Scarif is only a long time now, John, and I think that they, they, they probably need to... Well, well the paths the paths are only recently done. Yeah, they probably won't be doing that. Is that path now, listen, you're uh, coming from a village called O'Callaghan's Mills, and wouldn't you be happy to have uh, the centre of this, the village of, of O'Callaghan's Mills presented Something like that. I would, yeah, but I, 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 I'd also be very happy if, if, if what's already in Innes was around O'Callaghan's Mills, because uh, the whole place was paved not too long ago, with, with, with footpaths down along our But it's done, it's done. Now the next phase is to... Yeah, but I, I think uh, when, when, when um, a stanch of money comes into the, the council, um, these engineers get, they run away with themselves to, to, get, to get it all spent around, around the, the town. Well, if you look at that picture there, there's tin cap places there at the present outside the cathedral. Now they're gone. So you can't go in, you can't go in and park there anymore if you want to hop into a shop down the street. That's totally pedestrianised. That's all, yeah. It, 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 there for them, them one, two, three, there's four trees there. 
Now, there's, there's, a, there's a cart park there. For, the, for those of you listening on radio, Pat is alluding to the area that is right outside the cathedral that Eden, currently yeah. has car parking spaces in yeah. it. Yeah, because uh, I was looking at it for a minute and trying to figure out where, where, where it was, but uh, the cathedral looks a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> thought, it's it's lovely odd, isn't it, Luke? Uh, John, I have a sceptical, pessimistic uh, outlook on things because I've spent many a year inside in Limerick. And David, you might attest to this. Uh, well, you, you're only here, we'll say, the last six or seven years. But we used to have a great in-joke that come August, it was time for the council to dig up O'Connell Street. Yeah. And now, in fairness, they excelled themselves over the last number of years and they dug it up literally August, uh, September, October, November, December, and for about two years. Yeah. And what they have resulted in, I'm not 100% convinced that it is totally appropriate, suitable, or that it's going to age or last well. Mm. Um, yeah. We're not a cosmopolitan European city, and Limerick isn't or never will be. And from a historical point of view, they're not trying to sell it as that, but they are trying to sell that with the main thoroughfare. And in Limerick, they have been in my opinion, have had a combined effect over the last 15, 20 years that they're trying to drive traffic, as in cars, out of the city centre. You can't park, but yet they expect you to shop in the city centre. Mm -hmm. And there are occasions where if you want to shop, you're going to have to be physically near yeah. to that shop. But look, the, the, the heart here, you're talking about the heart of Limerick, and we have around the table, mm. we have the living authority, on the origin of the city of Limerick and its associated... Indeed, but that was before the advent, we'll say, of the mechanically propelled vehicle, John. <laughs> the what? The, it the, it what? was the advent of the car, John. So yes, while, while the, the car, design was, the was, was, the was worthy... It's a phase in the development. As technology develops, then it's reflected in a variety of ways. Is that true or false? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. But it's it, not it, accidental. The style that, um, that emerged from uh, my reading of, of what David has written about it all uh, is that it reflected a thinking, perhaps economics came into it, uh, I don't know if social came in or not, mm -hmm. social factors, but I mean it's a reflection of what we see and what we did see for the past 150 years is some sense of a Georgian mm. style. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, <coughs> like and, Limerick and, and, and Limerick and Ennis. I, I agree with all the comments there that uh, I think the council does have a budget, gets budgets for digging up and renewing streets and refurbishing them. Mm. Um, uh, but you can do it tastefully. And you can. And I, because and I, I, that's where it, the big debate is, isn't it? it? Yeah. There's always a big debate about... Luke, Luke has said about Limerick that he's not a big fan. I, I have an open mind about it. I'm waiting for it to settle down. I was sceptical about the planting. And you'll see in the Ennis pictures... There's lots of there planting as well. There is a lot well. of planting as well. And yeah. you get the scumbags who come around and just pull out the things. Now, Limerick has... No, I haven't been in, in to see it too much. Mm. But it has survived for the most part. But, you know, it only takes one person. Yeah, but it's not even that. I think there's an issue with regards to maintenance. And yeah, in right. my experience, the councils Don't have let themselves down 
badly. Mm. And the yeah. councillors would say... And constantly say, do it, Luke. Yeah. Correct. And they will, they will admit to it. Yeah. They sold grass. They, they'll design all these things. They'll sow, they'll sow grass seed in, in mm. maybe in Scarif or Tungreni yeah. or Tulla or, or, or Innes. And then the whole thing is grown out over the footpath. Mm. It looks well, filthy. We, we, they, we, they forget that someone has to cut it. Forget I, I, the question of maintenance. But I presume the bishop will be coming out and doing oh. a bit of cutting there. Well, well uh, he's, he, he's not going to need a lawnmower by the looks of this because <laughs> I can't see any grass well, in that photo. But, but I would agree with Pat because um, I think Ennis, as, in terms of its street furniture and its, in terms of its pavements, isn't too bad. Limerick was crying out for something to be done for two decades, but I walked around Dennis and O'Connell Street, and I, I don't know about the other streets that they're talking about, but O'Connell Street and up around the monument there isn't too bad, and I'd be, you know, I hate to see waste, and that lovely limestone at a very vast cost will be dug up, and I don't know what, what happens. Oh, look, at, look, at, look at the actual cathedral. For the first yeah. time, you feel the the cathedral is not scrunched in. Yeah, time. yeah. Okay. No, there, there is an advantage, and there? I don't mind them. Like Pat, I don't mind the removal of the cars. Um, I do. I'm not sure about the trees because the trees will block, block the view of the cathedral. Mm. Well, you see, they can be uh, they can be certainly looked after in such a way that they achieve the objective you're looking for. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. Have, they don't. But that comes down back to the maintenance. But well, that is. We, we, we actually mentioned this twice in the last four, four weeks, this question of maintenance of property mm. by the county council. Yeah, okay. it's, not, it's not just property, John. It's what we would call you know, roads and footpaths yes. as well, yes. and green areas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, they, I, I incorporate the, you know, that in, yeah. in my meaning of... Of, um, but it shows there that picture is very misleading because it's a, you know that shows lots of pedestrians. It only shows one car, mm, yeah. and you can any time I've been on O'Connell Street, that street is full of cars. Mm. So it's a very misleading. But, that the, but the, the point I would be trying to make, David, in relation to that, and Pat might be alluding to this as well, is that if you just have a road where you can drive up and you've nowhere where you can park within yeah. a reasonable distance, yeah. what effect is that going to have on the shops that are on the main street? But you can't park oh, at the yeah. moment on O'Connell yeah. Street. Well, you can park at the yeah. lower end and you could get a few spots up here. There are, there are, yeah, there are a few spots. always occupied. I would never dream of parking there. I would always park on the, the other car yeah. parks. And you'd walk in. I'm a big fan and of entirely pedestrianising O'Connell Street. I'll put mm. it out there now. I know it's unpopular um, here well, we, and in Ennis. Can we come in on well, that? Well, they have a good bit. They have, yeah, they have, they have. You, you, it's easy enough for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought he was going and to support you. I thought he was too. <laughs> would you like to repeat it again? So I, would like, I would like to see O'Connell Street pedestrianised. Pedestrianised. Well, now you're into the second article that's in the front pages of the Champion, and that is how society can support the continued existence of, of retail yeah. and commerce mm. in the heart of Ennis. And they've asked us, we the citizens, to please be loyal to the retailers. Yeah. 
I think it would enhance. I think you, it would bring business. In fact, it would encourage business. Will you? If, if 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 the 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 cafes and the eateries could have could have places outside, just as they had during COVID, and um, you take your life into your hands if you're walking down O'Connell Street on a busy Saturday morning, for example, because yeah, you have to look. If you yeah. the path is so narrow, mm. only one person can travel on that. And now if you are, if there's You're a buggy, O'Connell Street in Ennis, O'Connell Street in Ennis. in Ennis, and if there's a buggy coming up, you have to get off the path, you have to make sure no car is coming down, and you have to move out of the way. It's the the left-hand side on the way down isn't too bad now as well, it's wider than the other side. Do you want me to cross the street, is well, it? I still have to look for the traffic coming down. <laughs> but if there was no traffic, you wouldn't have to look, David. Just, exactly. Just going back there. I know, no, you, you, Pat, you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, staying for a minute uh, with the, the idea of maintenance. Mm. Would you be happy if the council established a solid maintenance philosophy? Well, this would, yeah. Yeah, but John, John I, yeah, but they won't. There, there is won't. a there is an Ennis, John. Yeah. Right. This will because you look at we say Ennis tidy towns. Yeah, 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 know, yeah. They do like the whole Ennis, thing, yeah. mm. and a lot of the a lot of the work that is done in Ennis, and no more than in Limerick or in Dublin, Waterford, mm. Galway, it's done by the council. Is done by the council. You know, we say probably maintaining and so you know maybe sowing a few of the flower beds and stuff like that. That's done by council employees and fair play to them. But that is certainly not the case out in East Clare. Mm. That the maintenance side of things, uh, there is a huge dependence, and I think an over-dependence on community groups to sort of do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of sometimes done... And for yeah, force workers that yeah. are were run by the count, by the community groups. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that that are sort of being provided by the community groups, and yeah. you know they're not being paid. You know, sometimes they struggle to get numbers as well because with you totally because the the you know it's like everything now has a price, John. The yeah. days of being able to sort of do things willy nilly, and Asher, you know yourself, are mm -hmm. gone because. You know, there's um, health and safety, there's various other bits and pieces. And so if you're looking to do things, and if a community group is looking to do things, uh, there's a lot more has to be done to sort of meet the health and safety and various yeah. other routines now than did in the past. It's not like before uh, where you could sort of, sort of put out a shout and get 20 people out maybe get one or two diggers, a top loader and all the rest of it, and say, lads, we need to clear that field by tomorrow, and it'll be done. And it mightn't be done in the way that we would have sort of, you know, mm. met every health and safety requirement under the sun, but it needed to be done, and it was done. Th those days are gone. Mm. And I think that the, the councils are relying too much. And, and I, I think, think we all agree on that. I think they're putting a bit too much pressure on some of the development groups that are out there. And a lot of the development groups that are out there, the people involved in them are not, shall we say, in their 20s or 30s. No, no. Well, they're increasing. Can I so. just briefly come in, because I think it's slightly related on page two of the Echo. Ennis yeah. Clean says new IBAL survey, and you would have heard on maybe on the national news over the last week. Um, I think Maynooth got the top spot. Ennis just missed out on, on the top 10 spot in the latest Irish Business Against Litter survey, writes Elaine Tuberty. 
Um, so that goes to your point. Somebody now, I don't know. Is it is it the tidy towns in Ennis? Is it the council? Is it a combination? But somebody is picking up the litter and keeping Ennis relatively clean. Well, the council workers do it. It's absolutely. They do. You see them all in picking litter early in the morning. And I. From memory, I think Ennis did have a litter problem at one stage. Am I wrong in that or am I right in that? Uh, I think at various stages every place is going to have yeah. a litter problem. And I, I think a lot of this is basically dependent on what, ty- what day of the week and what time of the day you come and visit it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Could I, and I, think could I ask you, if you that the, we, we've is, all admired the photograph um, of O'Connor Street uh, where the cathedral dominates. Yeah, on page five, five yeah. Okay. It would have been very helpful and fair play to the champion for giving us the coloured photograph, but it would have been nice if we could have had, paralleling it, a photograph of exactly the same. Of what it currently is. Mm. currently is. Yeah. And yeah. that, because we that have difficulty be. remembering what it is that um, mm. attracts or distracts. Yeah, the question could be, John, is it, is, are the two photographs worth 10 million spend? There it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that's yeah. another question, Luke. Yep. Pass. Uh, just going to go on to the, as we refer to the inner station, a little black spot. Page 12 in the chapter. Page 12, in the, that's the latest story in the inner town. In the slips outside the top 10 business against litter uh, ranking are of 40 towns and cities nationwide. The final IBL survey, litter survey for 2023 showed in a clean to European norms, dropping to 12th position having been fifth place in the last two servers. So uh, it says here about the, um, uh, the inner station probably is, is more or less than anywhere else. Who's responsible for that, Pat? Pam? Who's responsible for the actual maintenance of the... I, I don't know, really. I don't, I don't know. It's really but, uh, well, it must be Aaron Well, I know you'd have a lot of people who would be very critical of uh, Irish Rail or Inner or, oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. they are because basically they said that the station is abandoned, that there's no staff there. Mm. And you know that it, tracks, the machines are automated, and you know it's like everything. If you know, if if a place is clean and it's kept clean, you have a better chance of keeping it that way. Whereas mm. once a place starts to get uh, yeah. tatty yeah. and run down, it's be, people people aren't yeah, just throw stuff. Yeah, yeah. aren't yeah. as well. Now listen, we're going to move on a bit because uh, we've spent way too much time talking about Ennis. Uh, and Pat, there is a man that you want to pay tribute to on page twelve of the Echo. Well, um, Tom McNamara from Clusheen. Tom gave a lifetime of service to his beloved club. That's the heading there from Seamus Hayes on page 12. And for Claire G, there was only one Tom Mac. Uh, Tom was a, a great character. Um, uh, the, the stories about him are, are legendary. And um, he passed away at 94 last week. He, he, he was a single man. He was married. But he was a Mr. G in Intercastle, or in, in Clusheen. Yeah. And... Um, he he, um, he he when the, when when there was a low wave, I think he kept the club going there, and uh, he, they won a Jonah uh, B in nineteen fifty seven, and in fifty eight they won the 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 Jonah A of fifty nine, and they won the Interregion in sixty. And Tom was manager and um, I suppose player and all at the time. So um, he he was buried uh, during the week in uh, in Christine. and um, I say every. Club in the county was represented at, at the at the funeral, and there's some great stories about him. Um, there's one st- story. Uh, one time, he he put out his shoulder on a match. He was playing in Tewtick Park, so he put out his shoulder, 
So of course he was taken over to um, the, the county hospital and um, he was inside and there was a nurse looking after him and Tom of course was, was if you put out your shoulder to uh, fairly painful. Mm. So Tom was cussing and lighting and you know he wanted to try and get the shoulder sorted out and the nurse said to him, Tom Mack will you settle down and keep quiet? There's a woman in the next cubicle. She's after having twins and they're in the water to her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe there would be, he said, if we would try and put them back in. <laughs> right, I've seen as the all-male pale and stale club is uh, in going there. I think we, we'll move on. But uh, may, 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 he, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Now, page 7 on the champion and also page 10 in the echo. Actually, I'll tell you what. We'll go to page 10 in the echo first, John. And I just see that the HSE appoint a regional executive officer. So we have referred here in the past that yeah. um, we're sort of asking who, who is the lady that's our, our male uh, that are going to be accountable at the HSE. And Sandra Broderick has been appointed as the first regional executive order to head the new health authority in the Midwest. Now, have you any thoughts in relation to that? Actually... I have left the page. Oh, in, at home. Okay, well, well David, we'll, we'll adjourn over to you. Have you any thoughts? Um, well, it says here that regional executive officers are to assume responsibility for their new roles from March, but I'm curious as to. Oh, yeah, it says at the end what the new what the new responsibilities are. She has. This she is assumes, basically. It's literally going back to a variation of what the health boards of the health boards were, but. What exactly will Sandra Broderick do? Is, it, is this a devolved power from Bernard Gloucester, the head of the HSC, who, who is head of the HSC? Well, it, it's, like, it states what, that it she, it states she will report directly to the CEO of the HSE, which is Bernard Gloucester. Yeah. But what exactly will she be doing? Well, hopefully she'll be trying her level best to fix... To fix the Limerick the, the problem. The disaster, that is yeah. the Limerick problem. And we will wish her the very best of luck. And I'm yeah. sure uh, in the coming weeks and months, we'll, uh, we'll see, find see out. the fruits for later. And presum and presumably they, um, they come before the, the various local authorities and well for questions, time maybe. Will, time will tell, David. Yeah. Time will tell. They have had a marked reluctance to do it in the past, so mm. I don't know will they do it now. But anyway, do you think, what, Luke, I wonder, is it a, a first step? towards a proper uh, organised uh, regional... Uh, Probably, because that is part of Slauncher Care. Yes. They yeah. devolved yeah. to dismantle the HSE yeah. from, the, from its centre. Mm. Um, so I think it probably is the first step. Yeah. Right. Now, generally we talk about... Yeah, we don't always talk about Ennis, but we do talk about Shannon. So we're going to talk about Shannon. And with people coming from Kildare to you, Shannon, page 10 in the Echo. Also, uh, part, that's part of McMahon writing. And then the airport al allocated 7 million euros in the regional programme. And on page 7 also in the Champion, airport aiming for long-term government financial support. Now, this is where David will sort of uh, start to get a little bit annoyed. Uh, David, page, page 7. A mid-term review, Owen Ryan writes, of the regional airports programme, has already been completed according to the Department of Transport. Now, my understanding from this is that once upon a time, 
Shannon was not part of the regional airports programme. I could be wrong in relation to that because no, they haven't, no, this, this, fund, this yeah. funding only came in recent years, I think, on, under COVID and that Shannon got put into it. Now, we're going to warmly welcome money that they have been given. Uh, and we'll say the uh, CEO of Shannon Airport there, Mary Considine, is pictured on page seven. She's a, a happy smile on her face and she says, we warmly welcome Minister Chambers' announcement of 7.1 million government funding. And the man says, who wouldn't welcome 7 million in, in, in funding? But it's sort of like for capital works. So, you know, I, that's for, if anyone that has sort of traveled through Shannon in recent times, uh, I suppose you'd say the biggest sort of change that has come to travel through the airport is that you no, no longer need to sort of, you know, uh, have your fluids or, you know, or take your, you can sort of carry fluids yeah. in your bag and, you know, yeah. you don't need to take them out and stuff like that. And that's all because there's an investment in, in, in technology and equipment. So that, that's to be welcome. But what are your thoughts, David? Well, my thoughts are this, that um, the scheme is for much smaller airports. It's called the Regional Airports Programme. It's supposed to be only for airports. I'm not necessarily in favour of this either, but um, airports with with passenger traffic of less than, is it 3 million or something like that? Uh, where, where 3 million, yeah. 3 million. Mm. Uh, so it's for places like Knock and all these places. Well, but sure, David, it's for anywhere but Dublin. That's what it's and for. And Shannon, because Shannon, Shannon has more than 3 million, obviously, and that's probably why they're no, being No, it does not. It so why were they excluded? Well, it, it probably had before, uh, I suppose, uh, in, in the Celtic table times, you could, you, would you have three million loop? I think you might have had two, two plus, but yeah, I, 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 don't think, I don't think, I don't think, you, I don't think you'd well, have three. If, if they're falling within the, within the remit, then fine. But, but I suppose, but, uh, Shannon, at that time uh, as well, you have international flights, you have American flights out of, mm. of Shannon, so... Yeah. You don't have more But when you have one airport with eighty eight when you when you have one airport with eighty eight percent of all yeah. the traffic yeah. coming in, sure yeah. you know this no, is I am I'm I'm convinced by that argument and that the 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 air aviation policy we have in this country is is gone very um is gone is very odd uh, and needs to be redressed. Uh, David if I show you the keys. <laughs> And say, okay, we'll get, put you in charge. Yeah. Because it's one thing for us to uh, uh, create objections and what have you. But uh, what would you do? I would cl certainly close Knock. I would close some of the smaller airports. Huh. I would, um, and then I would have a balance, a bit like Germany, I would have a balanced, we're a small country. Are, I would you, have a balanced are you serious now? I would, I would, Knock is a waste of time. Should what part of the village. country are you from? Cork. <laughs> And, and where is Knock? Is up in Mayo. And you to hell with Mayo and God. <laughs> and I closed Donegal as well. <laughs> and Kerry Airport. You are already probably closed Kerry. We've, done, we've too many small airports. And then I would, having done that. You're jealous of, of the, the Shannon. And, uh, I'm not. No, Shannon. I'm all. I'm all in favour of Shannon. Shannon well, is important. Well, now you're not important. showing too much evidence of it here. <laughs> and then what I would do then is I would uh, ensure that Shannon Wood and Cork and Dublin are balanced in terms of the provision. So if Dublin is 88 at the moment, I bring it down to 75 and let the others fight out between them. Yeah, I'd say. 
you have a better chance of um, Cromwell bringing you back to Connacht, I'd say, David, than that happening. The Dublin Airports Authority just want, want to keep expanding. Yeah. They'll go for sales county loads. Oh, they will, they will. Go. But that's why we have a regulator. And this is the yeah. it yeah. is the regulator's job to sort these things out. In this country, regulators in this country don't seem to regulate. Regulate. Yeah. Would, you, yeah. would you subscribe to the. There is a fear that capping the numbers from Dublin by introducing restrictions. There is a fear that it would impact on the attractive, attractiveness of Dublin to the industrial to investment. Well, well we've, the government have always said, and as has the IDA, that we need balanced industrial development and we probably have too much industry in Dublin. Oh, by a long shot. And therefore, removing some of the flights and removing some... And there was a... The government had a... Fianna Fáil government, actually, uh, year, about 10 or 15 years ago, proposed a policy of decentralisation. I thought that was a good idea, but it got knocked on mm. the head. And some of the departments were decentralised. But we need decentralisation. I, I, can, I can hear and see the debate going on in the Dáil around that very issue you mm. talked about. Mm. Mm. The... Um, the idea of the eight growth centres, mm. okay. What was it called? The, 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 uh, it had a it was Charlie McCreevy yeah, in, in a budget. BMW he, districts. He gave, he gave us, um, what was it, the SSIAs, and then sort of said, I ain't sure we're going to decentralise it. Decentral the Buchanan Report. Buchanan, yeah. The Buchanan Report. That was the one. When it came up for debate in the door, the idea of the eight or nine growth centres, and you, you'd know the kind of places that were in question. Mm -hmm. Mickey Joe in the doll was on the floor very fast. We're not going to lose our little small industry, our small factory down in Ballydiab. Do you know? Yeah. So straight away, politics but became it's happened, local. It's happened much. anyway with the IDA have decided where industries are going. And here, the IDA got a little answer with the companies like our friends in, in Tala. Beckman Coulter. Uh -huh. I mean, there are 600 people working there. Yeah. And that's out the country. And yeah. We'll talk about but that. But probably wouldn't happen too. now. Well, possibly. Probably not. wouldn't happen yeah. now. We're, we're uh, gone over time in part one already, Pat. What have you? Oh, and I'm using. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still debating. No, I have an election page here on page eight okay. in front of me. I, 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 well, I'll tell you what. While you're. Figuring that one out, Pat, who we're going to listen to. We'll briefly talk about it. I'll give us one, one minute. Uh, on page eight, there's a little bit of election news. There's a bit that affects East Clare. As we all should be aware the local council elections are coming up in uh, June this year. And Fine Gael's plans to gain a third seat in East Clare, which is uh, our patch, the Kildaloo MD, uh, have been dealt a major setback following the decision of Sarah Crow to withdraw. Why has he withdrawn, Luke? Well, it seems uh, family and work commitments have been cited by the Six Mile Bridge native for... But why did he put withdrawal. himself forward so? Sure, surely he knew that he had family and work commitments at the time. Possibly, but maybe things change. Yeah. You know, things th 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 can change. But uh, also, uh, there, Rita wants to hit the ground running. Uh, Pat, you, you recently met Rita there at a commemoration. And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> she's taken up... Uh, 
uh, her role as a councillor. Councillor, yeah, say, like six months. Yeah, we say mm-hmm. replacing councillor Bill Chambers, who who retired, and uh, Rita will be giving it a go to try and get a w- win that seat. Yeah, uh, Rita, Rita's a confident lady. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you know as well, John, wouldn't you? From the from the from the drama and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> Who's that? And, uh, yeah, she'd be, and, she'd be involved oh, yeah. in the drama and doing great. She, she, she was she was a candidate gen, in the general election last time around. Uh, then it's been alluded to before an awful lack of meetings for Fianna Fáil. Is there a problem in Fianna Fáil in County Clare? Good question. I, I would think there's not much of a question, uh, but I think the organisation probably needs to. Whoever was chairman of that, whoever was chairman of West, of the West Clare uh, municipal, municipal district should be calling the meeting. There'll be a good crowd before the general election in, uh, you know. Well, it's, fall, a, it's, it's a could potentially that. a general, we're, we're in a potentially 12 months away from election potentially, or earlier. Oh, earlier, I expect and, an, uh, an but the, but earlier. But, but a political a... party, the lifeblood of a political party is is the local meeting mm-hmm. and the bouncing ideas around. It used to be. And it should still. If you look at Sinn Féin, um, they've always had a grassroots mm. level of But they modelled themselves on, on They modelled on Fianna Fáil, and yeah. now Fianna Fáil, uh, like, what's happening? Well, I, th- I think that could be a, a question for Timmy Dooley out there in the morning. Uh, oh, and undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Right, listen, we're at halftime, and we're, we're not gone too far over, or overboard. So, Pat... Who's alive, dead, or who are we commemorating this well, week? David Soule uh, passed away um, recently, in the last week. And uh, don't give up on us. And we hope the listeners don't give up on us. <laughs> <laughs> so this from 1977. Okay, so don't give up, folks. We'll be back for part two for news from East Clare. Don't give up on us, baby. Don't make the world seem right. The future isn't just one night. It's written in the moonlight And painted on the stars We can't change ours You're welcome back to local media this week A little bit of David's soul And a lot of soul searching and soul seeking Going on uh, during the halftime break here on the programme And we're going to start with uh, Before we get to our own patch in East Clare of two esteemed historical people here now. Uh, I said one in both age and status and one <laughs> younger member who is esteemed in history. But uh, we, we, John, I refer to that as experience. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, page seven on the Clare Champion. A winter lecture series resumes at Clare Museum with a talk on the great Clare find. So, David... Yes, this is, um, I had, I'm of course still getting familiar with uh, what's happening in the county, but back in 1854, there was a discovery of an enormous uh, hoard of gold. And there's a magnificent picture of the discovery of, uh, at Mugon, um, which, which Pat was able to tell me is near... Um, Newmarket. Newmarket. Mahon. Mahon is how it's pronounced. Mahon. And uh, it was discovered. uh, It was discovered in 1854, and it's still in the National Museum. And uh, Mary Cahill, who is the former keeper of Irish antiquities at the National Museum, is coming down 
uh, to give a talk about this particular Bronze Age find. And obviously, whoever um, whoever buried it or wherever it was located. Um, it, it, it was found when they were, when they were uh, laying, laying the railway line from, from uh, oh, Limerick between us. Oh, good, mm. yeah. So it's a Bronze, a bronze Age hoard of it gold. It is. And, mm. and the picture shows all these, um, uh, what would you call them, John? They're, they're torques, I think the phrase. I think that that's the word yeah. for them, torques. Yeah. Uh, which I think were worn around the neck, but yes. there were also these smaller ones pictured at the very the top ankles, there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which are the ankles and the wrists and so on. So uh, it's certainly a horde, whoever had it was a very important person, but it'll be interesting. I, I might try and get to it. It's at 7.30 p.m. next Wednesday. You're encouraged to uh, email in advance to secure your seat, even though it's free. They're encouraging you to email clairemuseum at clairecoco.ie um, uh, where we find out about uh, the people who who had this particular hoard. And see, Pat, in the future there's going to be further, is, uh, further lectures, lectures on the GA yeah. in 100 objects. Six. Hair hurling balls, mm -hmm. Clare connection to the Army Athletic Association, and the 9th century Doreen hoard from County Clare. Another uh, one. You'll have another one Doreen to talk, hoard, talk, yeah. talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Was there any I mean, hoard around here? Well, you see, you're in, uh, you can imagine the situation, and this is a, uh, hypothesizing now, that coming up from the lake is an escape route into the mountains. Yeah. So the Viking hordes Coming up from Limerick, okay, through Killaloo, word gets out, and in no time at all, there's a rush to remove the actual yeah. valuables. And to bury it or yeah, just to bury yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so are, you saying that, are you saying there's a possibility that there's plenty? There, is there oh, a fecal yeah. hoard? Yeah, I think highly possible. I'm going to stop you there, John, because yeah. we could be talking about hoards, but there, I'll tell you one place where they didn't find a hoard but they might have to replace it, is in Derry Brine. Oh, Derry Brine. And page six, Pat, you want to talk about this. Derry Brine bill could lead to collapse of planning system. Andrew Hamilton. Yeah, controversial plans to save the Derry Brine wind farm could undermine both the Irish and European planning law and open a legal door which could be exploited in the future. This is according to David Murray of the South Galway Flood Group, who believe that a new bill which aims to transfer ownership of the wind farm from the ESP to the Western Development Commission could have a disastrous effect on planning and the environment. A group of senators led by former Minister for Justice Michael McDowell guided the special measures in the, uh, in the public interest. Derry Brian Winthelm built through the first stage of the Senate in late December. If successful, the bill will bypass both the 2008 ruling from the European Court of Justice and discussion and a discussion made by the on board Pranala in 2022 not to grant substitute consent or reactive or retroactive planning permission for the wind fair. So are you uh, again are you for or against the transfer of the Derry Brine project out of the hands of the ESB? I am your chance I am you I, are I'm in, I'm for I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> I'm, I'm in um, 
You want to keep the wind blowing, Pat. I want, to keep it, I want to keep it in a way that it, that it can, can be useful. There's no point in going in and digging the hole really there's open. And, so and you're a pro man? I am, yeah. Okay. Could I ask you, David, <laughs> at the end of the table? Because we, our listeners need to clarify their thoughts on where David, you know, Fleming. Yeah. Um, well, I suspect a, few, a, few, a handful of listeners might be supportive of Pat. But a majority will uphold the principle of the law. And as, as David Murray has very eloquently said, he, if, if you pass, if, this, if, the, if the Oireachtas takes this extraordinary measure to subvert the courts, to subvert not only our own courts in Ireland, but also the European courts, then you might as well forget about democracy. Oh, wait a moment. You might, you might as well forget about the rule of law. That's way out of It is the Oireachtas interfering in, in the judicial process. And tell me. Just tell as, and the same debate happened this current week in, um, in Britain around the Houses of Parliament there, the Westminster Parliament, passing legislation, which is, uh, now, in that case, there is probably a justifiable need. Um, but but you, it does open the door. And so but what the is to stop, door needs what to is open, to stop the Oireachtas, Michael McDougall and others, passing another law which, um, which, which had uh, been critical, which had suspended um, a sentence for politicians? Well, now you could ask Mr. Trump about all that type of stuff. But I, we've opened the can of worms. I sort of need to close it, Pat. Go on. <laughs> Mr. Murray says here that, you know, there's a... a, a, a there's a, uh, 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 what's it called, we say that it could lead to... to a disastrous effect. Flooding. But you were down there for the last 20 years. We, we didn't hear any more about the flooding since the, the, since the mountain moved. That's it. Yeah. The place doesn't give doesn't flood away. It doesn't so matter about the flooding. They, was it put there illegally? No, no, the ESB acted illegally. But are we going to get the, the 20 ESB million back from the European court then? The ESB made a mistake. Not okay. only did they make a mistake, ill-advised. Not only did they make a wait mistake, a they I broke mean, the law. Oh, wait a minute. Did wait. they not break the law, John? <laughs> they did. They did. They, they, did. Way and they accepted, and there is a way out by law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the law the has the law. The, the European Court has demanded that they be taken down. That's the European Court. All anxious to. Beat down <laughs> now don't be that's a very popular sort I, of attitude I, yes i'm going to leave it at this and sort of say if mr mcdowell gets his way on this i'm sure that his next campaign will be to declare the republic of cork a true independent state <laughs> <laughs> and see that's what we have to be careful well, of we'll uh, we'll like it was the largest in the country which was constructed and, and it would supply this electricity to 30,000 homes yeah number the last observation on this not we owe 20 million already based on in fact the problem yeah, of yeah. Dairy and it's going to cost 220 to take it down yeah and, and 20 million. million. Not at all. That is the price that the ESB have stated. They can stuff it. <laughs> well, that's what they've stated, John. The only thing I would say is the ESB is one of the most profitable state companies we have in the country, and they're making millions oh, every, it's week. It's every week. It's yeah, anybody, anybody, every month. We've all got up in farms and bogs, and John, I don't know if you were in the bog. I was in the bogs. No, I wasn't in a bog. I, I was wasn't in that, born in a bog. I was in that, in that bogs. 
The Republic if hasn't got, got many bogs passed. If you go back in, if you go back into Derry Bryan, of seventy, uh, of seventy, uh, um, uh, what you call it, the turbines. Now they have to be taken down. The roads have to be, and the, the bog has to be put back. The roads have to be taken out, and the the concrete has to be taken up to the ground. Now, if you go in there with big machinery and you start rooting all those things again, you're going to, you're going to it's just going to be another one of the big disasters. Possibly. And something over in, in, in the European court, over in Brussels, in, in some big high office, was never going to bargain his life, is deciding all those things. So, my, my opinion is... There are a is, number of justices in the European go, Court of Justice, not just one. And they are advised, and, and the government have agreed with the... And this bill will get nowhere. Right. And, and this program is going nowhere very fast, so we need to get it back on track. I, I, but you, we spoke about apologies, John. Page six on the Echo and page one on the Champion. Ishka Aaron has apologised to customers. Now, That's a first for a, 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 a body in Ireland. Somebody makes an apology <laughs> in relation to water treatment at O'Brien's Bridge. Luke, we have, this is the second week in a row that we have uh, Ishka, if we have in mm. front of us. Okay. What is the problem here, John? The problem here is, is simply um, a failure, a failure of in the, uh, the, the UV detection disinfection system. system yeah. Okay. In, and, in, and, in, broad, in O'Brien's Bridge. Yeah. And not yeah. letting us know. Now, that's more <laughs> dangerous in my mind than any dent in the uh, armour of the uh, last topic we had. Mm, you know? mm. I mean, that's a threat. Isn't it? Well, it's mm. because water is one of the fundamental things that you expect to be but there and good. Um, yeah. But it seems that the poor people at O'Brien's Bridge have been, they've been on a boil water notice since the 25th of August. And when should they have started on that? I don't know. Um, what happens if, if, if we get uh, people now report stomach ailments or oh, yeah. related oh, yeah. things? Yeah. Once and more, will yeah. someone be uh, take responsibility for this? Well, that's the big question. That is the big question. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I think if, if a service provider, they, they're pretty good on this in Britain, if a service provider messes up, they should be fined. Yeah. Water, water uh, everywhere. But should David. We've got another water one there just uh, look, uh, making a splash. Um, oh yes, uh, there are some lovely photos. Lovely photograph there of uh, Sarah Lester from Garth taking part in the cold swim in Loch Bunny, in in, in aid of women's aid hosted by the Burden Inn and the Loch Bunny Honeys swimming group. So um, it's a lovely photograph. Um, it's like the parting of the water, and there are lovely pictures Loch inside Bunny, in, the cha in the Champion as well. In, in right, but listen, from apologies and people you know, admitting they made a mistake, who'd have thought that could happen in Ireland? But you know, you sort of say, water, water everywhere, who's going to pay for it? A whole other different argument. Uh, not the Irish public, anyway, that's uh, for sure. We are going to go to page seven of the Clare Champion. Dan Danaher writes, uh, Pat, a, a local factory for you that once yeah. upon a time used to be a local factory for David and myself, uh, but an O'Callaghan's Mills pharmaceutical company contributed 34,691,000 in wages and salaries to its 560 employees in 2022, according to accounts filed at the end of December 22. So this information, John, page seven uh, yeah. on, on the champion, it's, yeah, a year, it's a year out of date. It's a year out of date, but um, it's uh, significant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 560 employees there um, in 2022. What and, does that um, prove? 
Well, by a country mile, it proves that it is, I would imagine, it's one of the biggest employers in Clare. It's certainly the biggest employer in East Clare. East Clare yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, where does it fit in? We, I know we mentioned this before. Where does it fit into uh, location factors for, for industry? It throws it on its head. It's possible in a rural community to actually have a high-quality pharma industry, isn't mm. it? I mean, that's amazing. And you have a lot of um, you have a lot of chemists working during the yes, a lot of a, gra- a lot of graduates. graduates yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. By the way, do you all uh, feel happy about the dominance of pharma in the medical world? Well, you know more than you. I argue the government's policies over the last. 30, probably 40 years in relation to trying to get investment into the country in the first place and the low tax, the capital gains tax is what brought them all in. Mm. Um, and Which is what the group now as well. Sorry, corporation tax. But like, would I be wrong, David, in saying that it's what's kept this country going for the last number of years because you look at the numbers and uh, we're running a surplus. Yeah. It's, um, it's not through our own fault. <laughs> No, it, it's through the success that international yeah. Yeah. companies, and not just the pharmaceuticals, but a lot of the yeah. FDI, the foreign direct yeah. investment, have. Well, had. I think I think it was a very clever way of bringing uh, businesses and multinationals into the country. But I think very quickly the multinationals realised um, there was a highly educated populace. People like Beckman Coulter, of course, and, and other major pharmaceutical companies hire chemists all the way down to um, production yeah. assistants and so on. Loads of different types of people. Um, and we have, we have established ourselves, our educational system yeah. is producing these. But the other important thing we- now is we also can speak English. Indeed, increasingly so, that is becoming a stick. And we're also in Europe, we're part of the yeah, EU, yeah. and Britain is no longer as attractive as it once was. Yeah. So whereas we've, we are, the corporation tax issue is there, I think companies are likely to, to stay. Plus, we have a very stable government. Mm. Yes. <laughs> ah, now, in, in, the context, in the context of other countries, look, look across, look at our nearest neighbours in Britain. Sorry, I, I thought, you, thought you were going to say we had a competent government. But <laughs> no, you said, you said stable, stable. Sorry, stable. sorry, sorry. Um, and yeah. you, you look at Italy, you look at Poland, you look at Hungary, you look at Britain, and you can see, and look at America in itself, and very quickly realise that stability is actually a, a, a fundamental aspect of, for business. And to underline that point, no later than this week, Poland mm. illustrated mm. by the way they have treated ex-ministers. Mm. Uh, is that right? Yeah, the, the, mm. I said there are a lot of elections and democracies going to be tested uh, yeah, in a lot of countries this year. And I'm yeah. sure we'll have our own democratic, well, the EU will have its democratic vote in, in June, June. Uh, in conjunction with the council with the elections. Yeah. So we'll be able to sort of put in or put out whoever we want yeah. locally in it. June. And yeah, that's it. Look, when is but the, de- the, the um, last date for registering? Oh, that I'm not 100% sure. I think, I think, it, I think it's it, Yeah, I think, it, I think it's in the next four or five weeks. But uh, the elections are on the 7th of June. Yeah. So uh, you can keep... 7th keep. of June. Except we will go to the polls um, in March 
to uh, no, consider an amendment to the constitution. No. So if, you're, if you want to get onto the electoral register, there were ads last week in last week's paper. I'm not sure if they're on this week's, but oh, no, check no. the register if you want to vote uh, uh, on that. And your friend, uh, by the way, Pat, your friend Michael McDowell, I think, is opposing that. Uh, referendum um, on the on the position of women in the home. On what grounds? I haven't heard exactly what There's his grounds are, but we'll find out from Pat now shortly, maybe next week, on, now, on why we, he's we, opposing We've we a lot of hot air blowing here now, and, <laughs> and we've a little bit more wind left to come for, for turbines. We're, page 13 in, in our, uh, we said the local page in the Champion, uh, three wind turbines to be located close to East Clare walking trail, and Pat, you're going to talk there about Dan Danaher has an article in relation to Broadford. Yeah, out of, con out of county public meeting, Dean Shambolic, and I would agree with pa Crahal, page eight on Carl Crowe, yeah. page eight and the, and the champion. Uh, Deputy Carl Crowe claimed that residents are furious, are fr are frustrated over the decision of a company to host a public consultation event about an East Clare nine turbine wind farm outside of the county having met future Energy Ireland representatives at the public consultation event at the Castle Oaks Hotel, Castle Connor, Limerick, last November, Deputy Court told him it was symbolic to host such an event outside of the, of the locality in a neighbouring county. The event ran from 12 noon to 8pm on November 22nd and 10am to 4pm on November 23rd. They said they couldn't find, they could not find a venue. I said I will help you find a venue. I said, a local lady has emailed me with a list of possible venues and their contact details, he said. And um, he went on to, to say that it was, uh, which uh, I suppose uh, is right, really. I think it, sh it should have been held in, in, in the county. I think anywhere in East Clare, we, we could have found uh, those three or four. What uh, would happen if that were a request for planning permission in Clare and, uh, and the notice appeared in, uh, with, in Limerick Leader? Well, they, 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 they won't have it, they couldn't be sure they'll have it in, in the clear papers, but they held the, they held the, the, the meeting in Castle Connell. Well, sure, it's a little bit like, John, if you hold a meeting uh, a long distance away from the people that are going to be affected by the contents yeah, of the meeting, you're, you're not going to get many of them to turn up mm. in all of probability. Course, the course. company now well, has said, based on, people up. Yeah, based on the high yeah. engagement numbers who participated, um, Future Energy Ireland are satisfied that the venue suited many and did not unduly preclude or prevent those with an interest in the project from attending. And it seems that at, they offered a taxi for anyone who did not have their own transport. Some community members were unable to attend the event due to other commitments, and Future Energy have arranged to meet these individuals who requested. So, but so like, is, is it, it just a bit of hot air? By taking it to Castle Connell, who are the who, who are the facilitating? This this is all only a six mile bridge, a stone below in over the yeah, sure. the People who are interested in why not take it down to six mile bridge hall, the GA yeah, hall, and six mile bridge. I'm sure, but people who are interested will go anywhere. There was where uh, they and the, obviously if 72 people showed up, there was a lot of interest. The GA club housing location was available. The the cultural centre, the the community centre in Ogilvy's Mills, the the the, the hall and Broadford, all those venues were there uh, available. I can't understand why they had to go down to Castle Connell. I, could I make a stupid suggestion? Um, isn't there a fine facility recently reopened in or opened in Tulla? 
that can hold a hundred yeah, yeah. you know mm -hmm. uh, that can hold 130 140 people yeah i suspect yeah. the company isn't very familiar with east clare now 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 david now come on and we, we if, didn't come if you were if you were in the company if like you we go on the internet and you go yeah. to the hotel yeah. you you the ga halls and all the halls aren't online so you can't book them how would how would somebody from if they're based in Dublin, well, no. If they, if they want to come in and sort of use our yeah. uh, countryside and infrastructure, they should have someone on the ground that could tell them where there's a venue that they could hold a meeting yeah. that is close to that. I think in, in, in this uh, 12 o'clock hills, three wind turbines to be located close to East Clare, Walter Clare. Now they are, the, the 12 o'clock hills committee requested them to, could they move the, but they have refused to move them. But what's wrong with wind turbines? They, 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 there's nothing wrong with them. They just wanted to move them from away from the trail. They were, they, well, I, why, why would you want to move them away from the trail? Well, I, I don't know. I kind of like the look of them. I think they're rather interesting to look at. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not against them. You have to get wind from the thing, but I think we're going putting up... Uh, I'll tell you what. A hundred will, wind, wind, wind. Will, will we take down the Derry Bryan ones and bring them down to the 12 o'clock? No, no. Wind turbines around 70 around East Clare when, you, when you're taking them down, down in, 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 in Derry Bryan doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's been the problem is we probably need, we need three or four times the number. And talking about energy, and uh, it appears, David, that the lights have gone out in the States uh, in around Killaloo and Bridgetown. And... Uh, yeah, well, Councillor Tony O'Brien has, has highlighted this at a recent Killaloo Municipal District meeting that public lighting in some housing estates is no longer operating for months before repairs are carried out. He reported that lights in the Millstream estate were out since last March, while public lighting was, not, was also not operating in Clonboy housing estate in Bridgetown. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it appears that there is, a, there is a bit of... Public lighting is provided by a private company called, around the country, called Enervio or something, E-N-E-R-V-E-O, um, and they have to work with the ESB. And it seems to be a dispute between the ESB and this particular company. Um, I think, Luke, you, you probably know it better than me, what, what the actual issue is. Well, I, I'm not so sure it's a dispute between the, company, the, the companies, but what, what it appears is, and we say, uh, Dan alludes to it there, it's the second or third last paragraph in the article, ESB networks now require the completion of additional works in advance of any repairs to public lights to ensure compliance with ESB's public lighting network requirements. And on completion, this will provide uninterrupted access to the council lighting infrastructure to minimise repair delays. Basically, my understanding of it is that the ESB have now said that to replace lights, I, I think it's a little bit like they, they want a trip switch put in oh. somewhere near the light so that if there's an issue that they can sort of kill the power on the light, you know, and then if they want to work on it, they, they can do that. It, it's, it seems to be some an, an enhanced safety protocol and a bit of work needs to be done on a lot of the older lighting systems that would have been put in. It appears that newer systems that have been installed have this facility already there. But it's a bit like as they have 
So uh, why the, haven't they? What, so they're, they're to, the ESB have to come into these two estates and upgrade. But it appears that it's not just only these two estates. It's, a, it's going to be estates all, acro all across the country. So we're going to have a situation where the ESB, like, a bit like Ishka Aaron, mm. are saying, well, we'll prioritise certain places. We won't prioritise other places. And um, you're going to be without lights for a while. That's, well, the areas down Killaloo have been without, some of them have been without six the lights for se six, seven months. Well, I, I see in a lot of places now where, they, where if the light goes, you're the old orange light. And yeah. they take away that fitting in and they put a new one on top of the pole and it's, it goes up and out and it's a, a new LED yeah, light. The, the LED, yeah. We said now, they're fitting them on, on, on the timber poles and the old timber poles mm. anyway. I don't know whether what's the problem here. Yeah, I, the, I think that there may be a difference between the street lighting on the street right. and actually lighting but in the in states, Pat. States, I, that, yeah, that's yeah. My, mm. my understanding with it. But anyway, that's about it, right? I'd say we're gone well overboard. Pat, have we any last minute topics you want to bring up? Topics? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, plans to change funeral home into a dwelling here in Scarif. Uh, Michael Long has is planning in there for to change that. Um, uh, and there's another one there as well. Of course, all the pubs are changing to council require additional information ahead of decision on Ogunaldo pub conversion. So that's, I suppose, that's the old Bugler's pub in, in, in Ogunaldo. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a reflection on rural reflection. life and that. Uh, and, and I see Davy Davy Fitch, Davy Fitch plans to turn rural pub into apartments over in the market. And uh, he had to pay fifty-three thousand of a debt there in in, uh, in rates, and and um, he intends to, to, to turn it into apartments over it. So, what, what did you think of the advice, uh, which a judge gave in court here in Clare last oh, the, week? Oh, the bottle of carbon. Well, I think I suppose he was right, because uh, those people all they're, all all they're, all they're doing is um, is. Um, is kind of uh, they're going to continue on and the only one that's yeah. going to be making money out of, the, out of, these, out of those things, uh, John, of solicitors and barristers. Page four on the echo. And the echo, yeah. Yeah, yeah th this is a dispute, a seemingly a long-running dispute. Uh, people can read this if they're interested between years. two landowners and, uh, and, and, uh, and a sort of a right-of-way. It's a sort of a echo, typical yeah. thing. But it's very easy for the judge to say, cop yourselves on. But if, <laughs> if they cop themselves on, they wouldn't be there before the courts and they're hoping now that the judge will, will decide one way or another. So it's very easy for a judge to be flippant like that, I think. Yeah. Whereas if you go to the court, you expect a judgment one way or the other. Not to be told, cop on. they've been of going well, yeah, over continuing. and back, over and back, isn't that it? Yeah, that? if they continue going back over and in and out of the court, like, yeah. you know. It's, it uh, used to be very popular uh, about 40 years ago, mm. declared champion at the time. Every week there was a, a dispute about, a dispute about a mayor, mayors, yeah. you know, boundaries, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. It was hilarious. <laughs> and of course, the only people who were getting anything out of it were the barristers and the solicitors. Well, I'm sure the barristers and solicitors have their money made. We'll say uh, we have to go and uh, try and carry on and uh, go off and drink a cup of tea ourselves uh, and discuss how we've managed to run over time again on this programme. <laughs> John, not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> I, I, so, my humility prompts me to ignore yeah. that. <laughs> Julie noted. Uh, Pat, who are we finishing up with? Well, we'll finish up with Charles Baker, and we might do a bit of Discord dancing here before we go home. Oh, my Una God. Una Paloma Blanca. Oh. Charles well, Baker. All right, that's it for local media this week. Hopefully, Jim will be back from his concert going duties uh, next week. So, he'll be back with the rest of the gang. Until then, take care and goodbye.